0: Podcast Greater Than Yourself Season 4. Do you have an idea for an episode or a question about sobriety, spirituality, 12 steps, or sponsorship? Email us at podcastgreaterthanyourself than yourself at gmail.com or contact us on Instagram at podcast underscore greater underscore than underscore yourself.
1: Or Dr. Underscore Silkworth. Okie dokie. Okay. Welcome back to a podcast greater than yourself. I always... Like, there's no good way to do that.
2: (laughs) I (laughs) thought it was a great way to do that. I feel
1: like... I feel like people laugh no matter what I do. Um, I'm I'm John Barleycorn.
2: And I'm Sylvia.
1: And with us today... Um, (laughs) Yes, is... (laughs)
2: Claus.
1: Claus, welcome happy
0: to be here thank hold, you
1: hold for applause <laughs> hold hold for applause for Claus. i don't know i told you i'm sleep deprived this is going to be interesting it's gonna be a good one um mm-hmm. it's good to lead with that mm-hmm. the book would call that leading with the chin <laughs> <laughs> how's it going how are you
0: i'm doing well i'm really grateful to be here this show is so helpful to so many people including myself i probably wouldn't be sober if i hadn't heard this a while back so thank you for the opportunity to share
1: it's awesome to hear that um i think there's gonna be a ton of people on this season specifically who have expressed similar ideas and um i'm sure i've told you how humbling and incredible that is it's it's awesome to hear that every time that I hear it. So, thank you. Um, thank you. We are discussing the doctor's opinion <laughs> it's yeah. suspense. A little pause for suspense. Um, which is a chapter in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> is it, have you guys heard of this? I have the right
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you have? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Oh, actually, do I need to grab a? I have the third edition. You guys have fourth, right? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've got a fourth in a in a file cabinet over there, but I'm just going to use this one because it was the one I reached over and grabbed. Perfect. No, no need. I don't know if we need to talk, call out page numbers. I don't think it really matters, but feel free. Um, I believe that you have a reading you would like to start with from said chapter. Yeah.
0: I do, I do, and I'm pulling it up on my phone.
1: Um, uh, does it right. count if it's on your phone? Mm-mm, no.
0: <laughs> this is the millionth edition, <laughs> infinity edition. <laughs> um, okay, I'll start. So the physician who, at our request, gave us this letter has been kind enough to enlarge upon his views in another statement which follows. In this statement, he confirms what we who have suffered alcoholic torture... Must believe that the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. It did not satisfy us to be told that we could not control our drinking just because we were maladjusted to life, that we were in full flight from reality, or we were outright mental defectives. These things were true to some extent, um, in fact, to considerable extent with some of us, but we are sure that our bodies were sickened as well. In our belief, any picture of the alcoholic which leaves out this physical factor is incomplete. Mm. Um, should I share on, on that? I'll start off. Do it. I'm going to do it. I love that fact because it made a big difference in my recovery. As I was going through the steps to learn that, um, there's two pieces that I deal with as alcoholic, as an alcoholic. One of them is this mental obsession. And the other one is like this physical, allergy that i have and i used to like struggle with like math and science as in school right and i didn't like how there were rules but like but why why is this rule a thing why can i do this on one thing but i can't do it on the other and that's kind of just what it is like i just have an allergy that makes me if i have one drink i can't just have one i i need to have more so when I learned that it was two two different bits, um, I, I came to understand that through the psychic change, I could relieve the obsession mm-hmm. to drink. And then that renders that allergy useless because I haven't taken the first drink. Right, um, And that was an aha moment for me in my recovery and something I share when I sponsor to people. Um, does that
1: resonate with y'all? Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. I think also... The, uh, the idea that, just like, m- most of my life, people would present the opposite of what this paragraph's talking about, um, like, it, it would especially boggle me when people who were hard drinkers and drug users like I was would be like, man, get your fucking shit together, or like, you know, <clears throat> why did you, you know, like... We were all partying and having a good time. And, like, I, for some reason, I'm thinking specifically about this one time. We're on the road, this band I'm in, and we're, like, in Fort Worth, Texas, and we're going to play one of our favorite spots with all of our, like, the local people there that we really liked, really cool club. they let us do whatever the fuck we want. We'd like throw shit everywhere and like break stuff at the end of our set. It was really fun. Just this dirty punk rock bar. It was great. Good time. You can find videos of that. Anyway, uh, YouTube, I won't give you the name though. So it's this occasion that I'm looking forward to. Right. And then uh, the night before, like we get there, we're staying at somebody's house and we're like, hey, let's casually have some beers because, you know, we can just casually drink. (laughs) And that's, like, the idea going in every time, like, yeah, I'm partying. And then uh, no one else, like, ends up smoking, like, everything in sight and then huffing a whole can of duster and drinking, like, an entire bottle of whiskey. It's just, like... It's just me doing that. Everyone else is like, "I'm good, dude." <laughs> like halfway through the night, everyone's like, "Yeah, man, I'm I'm actually pretty buzzed. I'm just like, "I know, man. Don't be a fucking pussy, dude." You know, like, but it's like the 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 confrontational aspect of having someone who I watch like party with me get to a place where they've like had enough, mm-hmm. and I can like see in their actions and their eyes and like their demeanor that they are feeling similarly to me, but that there's still this fucking engine revved up in me that like needs to fucking go. It needs to keep going. Um, that was never explained to me until I read this book, you know, that that was an abnormal physical reaction. It wasn't just what those people would say to me, which was like, get your life together, dude. Or like, why do you like, why do you always choose to have 10 more? You know what I mean? It was always presented as a mental thing. Right. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I think about in this section of the chapter is the next paragraph, which I really, really love. Um, (laughs) and I think kind of ruffles some feathers. Uh, The doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol interests us as laymen. Our opinion as to its soundness may, of course, mean little. But as ex-problem drinkers, we can say that his explanation makes good sense. It explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. And I love that because it it does two things. It gives credence to an outsider's uh, observation of how we drink, right? It says, like, I'm going to sign off. on with this doctor who's watched all these people detox. And then Mm -hmm. some of them come back in over and over again. I'm going to go, yeah, that description sounds like something I've lived right that you know thing that you described not being able to just limit my drinks consistently every time Mm -hmm. that thing getting set off in me that really accurately describes what happens when I drink the other thing that it does is it it lets us off the hook of like having to have these conversations of oh uh, the liver of the alcoholic produces Mm -hmm. an enzyme or mm-hmm. the acetate that is broken down and like, and I hear people like even people who I really respect in AA, I hear people confusing the fuck out of Step One in meetings from the podium, whatever. Um, hopefully, hopefully not one-on-one and step work with people. I'm sure they do, but I hear people confusing the shit out of this this step by in this process of identification by going way beyond saying. Uh, this theory interests me mm-hmm. as a layperson, <laughs> My opinion may mean little, but it seems to line up with what's happened when I drink, you know? Right. And yeah, I think absolutely. that that's controversial to say that because so many people are so, mm-hmm. we have an allergy.
2: I'm allergic.
1: You know, it it's doesn't like, say
2: that. Yeah. It's right. like, yeah. It, I mean, this is a great way to articulate that. I would have never been able to explain. Hmm what drove me to drink i would have never been able to articulate like yeah there's this mental thing and then i have there's like a physical component and i can't stop even if you know like i not that i was like sitting down really taking the time to like figure this out but when i read this and i mean i'm still having memories pop up from when um my like early in the mm-hmm. progression of mm-hmm. my alcoholism where the phenomenon of craving explains exactly what happened. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and I and it's the only thing that I can come up with that explains, you know, right. the way that I behaved. Uh, so this was magical for me, you know, finding this paragraph so early in the book.
1: Right. Mm-hmm
0: yeah and i think to that point too um the way it was taught to me is that the allergy isn't like the allergy we think of today like Hmm. oh if i have peanut butter i'll blow up you know my face will blow up or uh, anaphylactic shock but it's kind of it's oh it's the allergy that is just a word to explain what you just described sylvia of just having like I cannot just have one or taking it to, you know, maybe I have one drink and I don't know where I'm going to end up. Maybe I have one drink and like on a rare occasion, that's just one. But the times where I don't know where I'm going to end up far exceeds the time that I just happen to have one drink. And that's the part that has caused a problem in my life. That plus this continuous obsession that leads me to that place. And so just learning that there's some piece of me that I personally feel like I don't really need to investigate that much further. Like way early in my recovery, I was like, let me blame it on some person or some early life experience or like all these other people in my life. But then I, you know, then I did the steps and I was like, oh, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Like I don't need to investigate anymore, you
1: know? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah,
2: And a few pages later, it says, These men were not drinking Mm. to escape. They were drinking to overcome a craving beyond their mental control.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And I was like, yes. 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 yes!" yes." Like, yes. Um, Again, not something that I would have ever been able to explain to someone. But as I'm reading this, I'm like, someone understands me. Right. Right. I'm not the only person that's ever felt this way. This doctor knows exactly what he's talking about. Like, I'm going to keep reading.
1: Right. (laughs) Um. The the reading that I want to focus on is um, look I'm going to be real I just want to talk about uh, hiding out in a barn waiting for death. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who doesn't? I was going to talk about the gastric hemorrhaging. So <laughs> what
1: what I love about uh, I, there's there's several chapters in the book that like open um, it's not several there's only fucking 11 or 12 counting this one but <laughs> there's a few there's a few chapters in the book that that are like super bipolar. And I think that this is one of them in that, like, you know, more about alcoholism opens with like this, like real doom and gloom shit. And then it ends with like Fred saying like, this is a thing that solves all of my problems, you know, (laughs) and vision for you. Obviously, it's like the gates of hell and then like the gates of heaven on the other end. Mm -hmm. And I think the doctor's opinion is also kind of straddling in that the fence of like getting into that because, you know, it starts by by kind of laying out like, you know, the reading that you just read laying out that you know here's a it, don't take our word for it here's a medical professional you know Um, and then it ends with this like when I'm reading this I'm just like was that a is that common parlance like hiding out in a barn waiting <laughs> for death like <laughs> but we all have our own version of that right that was just theirs yes. right? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, yeah. is that Fitz Mayo is that who that it's about I don't know who that is. Anyway, okay, yeah, no, it's it's just pedantic AA history stuff. Um, so, <laughs> I I surprisingly I don't want to focus on hiding out in a barn. I just I'd I love how it's like put out there like it's like super normal. <laughs> it's just like you hid out in a barn waiting to die. <laughs> like they sent a searching party. They're like, uh, where should we start? Well. Uh, let's check all the regular waiting to die right, spots. <laughs> right. well, I see that barn promise. over there. Yeah, it's like, was like didn't they didn't the Amish just raise a barn by here recently? Yeah, let's check there first. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna read on in my book XXVI, which I think is what XXVIII in the fourth edition. Oh, okay. We believe the classic the classic mf and paragraph Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh yeah okay well i'll just read it and then yeah okay so we believe and so suggested a few years ago that the action of alcohol on these chronic alcoholics is a manifestation of an allergy that the phenomenon of craving is limited to this class and never occurs in the average temperate drinker these allergic types can never safely use alcohol in any form at all. And once having formed the habit and found they cannot break it, once having lost their comp- their self-confidence, their reliance upon things human, their problems pile up on them and become astonishingly difficult to solve. Uh, I'll go for the twofer. Frothy emotional <laughs> appeal seldom suffices. The message which can interest and hold these alcoholic people must have depth and weight. In nearly all cases, their ideals must be grounded in a power greater than themselves if they are to recreate their lives. Um, I love the doctor's opinion so much. Um, it's it's at bare minimum always the second place I take someone, um, if not the first. I do like, especially if it's a new person or if it's somebody I'm sponsoring who's like, hey, I'd like to be more effective at sponsorship. i I'm, I'm already been through the steps. Can you show me how you take people through the steps or whatever? Then I will, I will usually start, like, right at the beginning of the book and then just hit a few highlights over, like, t- five minutes of, like, here's where the book tells you what the book is and how to use the book and why we're going to do that. But then immediately right into the doctor's opinion. And just kind of bouncing around on some of the stuff, just like whatever whatever seems to be hitting the right notes for that person, right? And this paragraph is indisposable, obviously. Maybe not obviously, but for me, obviously. Um, it kind of highlights what that total all-time banger at the bottom of this page highlights, which is, physical, mental, and spiritual. Like, all kind of covered. It's like, problem and solution. All covered. Now, mm-hmm. it's it's like a thousand foot view, obviously. This is not, like, getting down to specifics, but I always also like to talk about, like, well, why the fuck does this fucking dude matter? Right? Like, you know, and I'll ask people if they know who Dr. Silkworth is, and usually, usually it's some kind of, like, yeah, uh, you know, they it was kind of like a I was like no, just say no, it's fine. Like it's not <laughs> this isn't a quiz. Like I I would rather you just not know who it is. You know, it's you probably don't you probably know some stuff you <laughs> that is not right, you know. Um, so the reason that it's important to me to talk about who he was is because there's a few reasons. One, this dude personally saw a few of these guys recover, right? Mm-hmm. And at least five right. <laughs> <laughs> right And and was so confident in the process that they were presenting mm-hmm. that he let them come back into his hospital and work with people, right? Even though he calls them doomed and hopeless, right in this chapter. <laughs> it's a fucking doctor saying like, <clears throat> well, my professional opinion is, you are doomed. You know, it's like, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> it's like an 80s movie villain. So, he's he's really important and relevant here, even if he hadn't, you know, personally seen them recover. my My idea, my thinking is that he's so relevant and his... Thoughts on this program that they, you know, they give him the manuscript, or whatever. He writes a few letters and they boil it down to this stuff. It's relevant because he's personally overseeing the detox of like tens of thousands of people. <laughs> Can you hear my dog sniffing around? No. <laughs> okay. um, he's personally. He's, maybe he's scoffing at me. Um, he's personally overseeing the detox of tens of thousands of people. Cool. That's cool. But it goes, it goes further than that. Of those people, he has said that there's a specific chunk of them, so not all drinkers, not even all the people he's watched detox, a specific chunk of those people who he calls chronic alcoholics. And why is that important? Well, in this paragraph, he talks about how there's this one class of, of drinker person whatever right it's kind of semantic at this point but this one chunk of people who he has personally experienced interacted with who has this thing that goes beyond uh, willpower this thing that makes it virtually impossible for them to stop drinking once they start and why that's so important is <clears throat> excuse me the same reason that Of the hundred, well, yeah, 113 pages, including the doctor's opinion, that contain the steps, 54 of them are basically about step one. It's really important to know if I'm this person, you know? Why? It's the same thing that Sylvia just said. Same thing that you just said. Same thing I just said. I had never had this idea presented to me. Nobody had ever told me, like, that this was an option. Right. My options were like, suck it up. Mm-hmm. be a man <laughs> you're fucking stupid you know what I mean like that yeah. was like why can't Lay you drink like me Stuff, right? yeah mm-hmm. exactly um, and so even though there's like the old timey language and like all the weird fucking Belladonna shit and like just all this weird stuff that kind of muddies up that people want to kind of sling mud about and just like confuse stuff it goes back to the paragraph that you read Claws <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to say seriously. It goes back it goes back to the great paragraph you selected clause, um, clause. <laughs> which is like yeah, there's a, there's a specific thing happening with this specific group of people, you know? And if this is you, you can never use alcohol safely in any form at all. You're doomed. (laughs) You are doomed. (laughs) Have you ever wondered what the songs your mom loved in high school would sound like? If five or six former problem drinkers recorded sobriety-themed cover versions of them. What's that? No? You hadn't ever wondered that? Well, I can't say that I blame you. And yet here I am, back again, with Recovery's Greatest Hits, Volume 2. 90 meetings, 90 days, that's what all the people say. But I don't see
0: that in the book, the name of which these meetings took.
1: That's right, it's me again back with another collection of sobriety themed cover tunes without all those pesky lyrics that made you love them in the first place let's check out another chart topper in his grave over that one. And I'm pretty sure he's still alive! I have seen you I've fallen through and blondes. You got your treatments in a clipboard And you're on Can you tell me Will your altruism still? has to be dead, right? I mean, he's gotta be. Just make coffee and talk real sweet, but at least I'm not smoking crack. Oh, Sophie, living amends is all I do. Who are you to say there's more? As long as I'm not using, who cares what I'm refusing to fix that I broke before? Sophia. Recovery's Greatest Hits, Volume 2. Get your copy today at drunkjunkrecords.com. Or. I'm really not entirely sure who would want this. Well, it's a living amends. Oh, amend. Well, it's a living amends. Well, it's a living amends. Oh, it's a living amends. <laughs> well, it's a living
2: amends. Yeah, and this might be the first time you're even thinking about your experience with alcohol, your relationship to alcohol, as different than those people that you drink with. Mm. You know, oh, I have a higher tolerance, therefore I drink more. I might have all sorts of reasons in my head, but it had not occurred to me before that there was some physical allergy. You know, it's not an allergy, but like whatever that physical component is that like puts me out of control. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. that allows other people to stop. There's something differentiating us, and I'm thinking it's because, you know, like John said, I like to party,
1: <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a party animal. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know that this is partying. So That's why I like the line about, that you read so much, because it's like, these guys aren't partying. They're drinking beyond their ability to control. Like, they yeah. satiating a craving.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then drinks which they see others taking with impunity. Mm. Well, you know, yeah, of course, but I'm like, but I thought they were lame, and I liked parties, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I told myself that made a lot of sense to me at the time.
1: Right, which is like the line, a couple lines before that, where it's like, to them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal mm. one, like, mm-hmm. like you just said. I think that everyone drinks this way.
2: Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Until I start being more drama than I'm worth. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
2: Yeah, but then I'm just baffled and confused. If anyone asks me why I went so overboard, it's like I can't answer that question. Right. You know, I'm I'm defensive, and I'm scrambling and reaching, and, you know, I, I don't know. I was blacked out. I, uh, you know. Right. I drank too much, or it was too strong, or I didn't eat anything, or whatever.
1: <laughs> it's so funny to hear that, because it's like... I mean, it's the same thing as reading this stuff in this in the book, but, like... And I think this is where we kind of get, like... I don't know. There's this there's this weird thing, I probably can't put words to it, but when you go to a meeting and you hear somebody say something like that, and you've never heard someone say something like that, you know? Or if you had, you're like <laughs> bellied up to a bar next to them, like and you're you're both getting shit faced at like mm-hmm. three PM or whatever, right? But like you hear someone who's Currently not drunk, drunk ostensibly at an AA meeting, you know, <laughs> you see, you see Sylvia sitting there with a styrofoam cup, um, you know, talking about this and it's like, oh wow. Oh, that's abnormal. That's abnormal. And like the specificity that one person who's experienced that can relay in their personal experience is that depth and weight that I just read about. Mm-hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. I connected instantaneously when my sponsor started talking about what happened when he drank alcohol
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. instantaneously. It was a connection. It was, it had nothing to do with him having knowledge of a big book. He he wasn't Mm -hmm. throwing out quotes and page numbers. It, it wasn't slogans and, It wasn't well wishes. It was none of that shit. It was... Well wishes. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, all the stuff that people had tried, you know, like, it wasn't like, you don't want to drink as long as I did. He's much younger than me, so that probably wouldn't have worked, but um, it was none of that shit. Mm -hmm. It had depth and weight. It was a person who had lived the same shit as me talking about that experience, and it was so heavy and real and substantive because you, you can tell someone it is, is not bullshitting you when they're just giving you their truth about something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think, to what I was trying to say, I don't know that I can put words to it, I think that when we hear shit like that in a meeting and we lock in, if we're new, like the the thought can be like, I found it Mm
2: -hmm.
1: commonality community, you know, the, the shipwreck, (laughs) not, not being saved from it, but I found, you know what I mean? The shipwreck. (laughs) And it's that it goes back to that page 17 stuff where it's like, okay, but that's just one piece. And, And I think that that's why it's important. How he ends. This is like, In nearly all cases, their ideals must be grounded in a power greater than themselves if they are to recreate their lives. So, like, it's not enough for someone to approach me with an approach of depth and weight, not frothy emotional appeal, not a court case or consequences or (laughs) (laughs) well-wishing, but with depth and weight of personal lived experience with the problem. And then, when I relate with it and I ask for a solution, they show me how to recreate my life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I cannot agree more. That brings up so many just memories of early recovery and. Its something that I try to remind myself when I work with new people is just like my brain at that time was ah like mm-hmm. screaming from all directions, and it's like, you are alcoholic. No, you're not. yes, you are no what well, this person is. Mm-hmm. And when I sat down with the woman who ultimately took me through my steps in the big book, not only was her similarity to like my style of drinking in her st- in what she shared, it was also she had a profound relationship with god Mm. that was evident to me through the computer screen so it wasn't even just it started at a place from like oh okay you drink like i do and what you're describing i can relate to of like really not being able to stop and watching other people be able to stop and then trying to find other things to drink and do excuse me but what I really saw was that she didn't have a desire to drink or use anymore. Mm -hmm. Like she wanted to show me from her heart exactly how she recovered from alcoholism. And both of those pieces are that depth and weight that like brought the emotional appeal is like my dad taking me to the backyard time and time again being like, your drinking is worrying me. I'm just like, okay, well, I don't know what to do about that. You know, I don't care. Mm -hmm. And then but then to see, you know, somebody who had who'd suffered like I had and had this profound relationship with God and was going to show me on her, through her altruism and free time, like how to do that, that really held my attention is what ultimately made me keep going. Because at that point, it's like, well, I can keep taking these suggestions or... Waiting in a barn to die, like that really is like <laughs> into that place,
1: Yeah, I thought, you know? I thought. the backyard with dad was going to get dark. Like but, but shed. my my dad my dad sent me to die behind the shed. Take <laughs> her out and shoot her. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, so you're you got you got sober modem to modem, huh? On the worldwide <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: i would say so yeah <laughs> little aol symbols yes come to mind <laughs> i think there was dinging yeah <laughs> ding, ding, ding. is yeah. that a
2: car alarm
1: <laughs> welcome uh <laughs> you got a reading for us um suck it to me homie
2: you know i do uh, I'm on... X- Is this X-X- also in the... Du- oh, okay. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Okay,
1: what? What was it? XXIX. X... Oh, wait. Show me.
2: On the other hand... Got it. On the other hand, and strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed who had so many problems he despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol, the only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules. Mm. So I love this because he hasn't really gone into uh you know, the specifics of the program, but there is a solution. Mm -hmm. And I also really like that this is at the beginning of the book and, you know, he, he uses the term psychic change Mm -hmm. for some people. Like, you know, if he were, if this were a doctor, um, you know, and he was talking about like the spiritual experience, you know, it, it may not carry the same weight or like credibility with the points that he's trying to make, but It's the same thing, Mm -hmm. you know, the terminology. Like, psychic change, I love that. Right. Um, And then those few simple rules, he's talking about the 12 steps, you know? Um, And so I just, I I love how it's so succinctly presented here. Like, yeah, if you were that guy in the barn, guess what? Like, you're not so far gone that you can't recover. (laughs) Just
1: roasting the barn guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hope he's all right.
1: (laughs) Pour one out for barn guy. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, and I also I also love in that the uh, again I, I've said this on the show before, but it bears repeating to me. Um, I have heard so many times in meetings, like big book meetings or whatever, where something from the doctor's opinion is read, and then some somebody you know. <laughs> starting to say. Like their Zoom name has like a page number in it, you know, it's like, oh, we got a big book expert here. <laughs> um, you know, they uh they come in and they're like, The doctor's opinion is strictly about the physical you know, whatever. And it's just like I, I'm like, I don't know where you get that. It literally tells us what the solution is, right? Mm-hmm. And it totally covers the mental and the spiritual we skipped mm-hmm. we skipped a big part of the mental thing which is the bottom of the page before that but
2: you mean the physical
1: no the mental where it's they are restless irritable and discontented unless they can again mm-hmm. experience oh yeah yeah the ease and comfort that comes um meaning that like w- when i'm sober abstinent whatever um i'm either a an abstinent person whose internal state becomes uncomfortable to the point where I pick up again or and this is kind of where this gets tricky with some people I've seen or no I'm fine I'm good okay so then why did you pick up a drink oh well I thought I'd be better Mm -hmm. you know it's like or
2: I make everybody else around me so miserable that they mm. wish I was drinking (laughs) right? you know (laughs) the
1: turd in the punch bowl syndrome (laughs) but when we get to the on the other hand um it is right after that entire psychic change where he says that, he introduces the solution. For me, just like you said, that was so important because it was like, I was double middle fingers up toward anything spiritual (laughs) when I, like, my wife would, like, you know, ring her little Tibetan meditation bowl or whatever, and I'd just be like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the most, like, harmless thing on the planet, it's quite pleasant sounding. (laughs) I would just be like, whatever, man. (laughs) Let me go snort a pill. Um <laughs> Is my life so successful? so I was I was in that state, um, but I was hooked in by somebody with a message of depth and weight who also had a solution, mm-hmm. and when when they told me that the solution was, well, it's an entire psychic change. That phrasing appealed to me on like an intellectual basis that i could like grasp i could get my hooks in that right Mm -hmm. and i remember succinctly asking my sponsor at that time like okay so entire psychic change can i just think of that that those words and and like that's what i'm trying to do with the steps instead of this like spiritual awakening thing. Right. And he was like, that's exactly what the steps are about. And like, to me now it seems like a dumb question that I asked it mm-hmm. when people ask it of me, it's not dumb, of course. Cause I understand what they're, you know, like, like Claus was saying, <laughs> I can't say the name without laughing. Like Claus was saying, it's, you know, my brain and my first couple weeks of sobriety is, you know, I'm like, I'm fucking freaked out and I'm on my knees begging for an answer. And like for some people that phrasing way more palatable Yeah. and also reachable like like comprehensible, you know, Mm. like I got that wording. I understood what that meant. I didn't really know what a spiritual awakening meant because it's not
2: important. Right. You don't need to understand that. Right. You just want to get your head unfucked. Exactly change, you know?
1: Yeah. And so when he talks about how these people seem to, you know, I would phrase it differently than he does. He's a non-alcoholic seeing people recover and he says, oh, oh, Bill, there's easily able to control his desire for alcohol. I can tell you as a recovered alcoholic, I have no desire for alcohol. That's it's not I'm not controlling it. Mm. Um, And I appreciate that he is an outsider Who's not an alcoholic? Seeing that, and 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 like, I think that my mom probably thinks, well, little little Jay Barleycorn sure can control his <laughs> desire for yeah, alcohol now. Gold star for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when the rea in reality, it's uh, I did some stuff, and this thing uh, gave me an entire psychic change mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of shit. Biggest of all, at the you know onset. Uh, was just removed from me as a result of that psychic change. Um, And that is what the steps produce. (laughs) That's the thing, you know? Um, And so closing it up by saying, provided they follow a few simple rules. So it's like, yep. uh, so let's put a pin in just keep coming back and (laughs) hang out till the miracle happens or whatever the fuck, you know. Uh, Go to enough meetings, you'll hear the right thing. I'm just like... I I just want to rip my skin off imagining having heard that, like, as a grown man coming into AA instead of what I heard, you know.
2: Mm -hmm. Are you bragging now, John?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bragging that I stumbled on a good sponsor.
0: A few simple rules, like draw a picture of your higher power, you know, in the third week is make it be good. (laughs) Make Make it it be good for your partner. (laughs) Your (laughs) sponsor
2: had you redo yours. This is garbage.
1: Yeah. I'm hearing core trauma from Claws. (laughs) This is an inciting incident. That's great. Uh, Go for it.
0: Yeah, I love that the doctor's opinion gives me a place when I take people through, even if we don't work together a long time, even if they don't get to four or nine or 12, this chapter is enough to like ruin alcohol for them a little bit. Mm. And it's just like, Oh, like the next time they want to have one drink and then have two, they'll be like, damn it. You know, (laughs) at least some part, you know, so it does. It's so effective as being like the first thing to show people is these definitions of things that kind of get the gears turning is my hope at least.
1: Right. And I've, do you, you don't, do you have the experience of having heard this shit and then, Drink
0: drinking again No nope
1: right. So I can remember when I was like 19 and I first came into AA and I I heard this stuff of course you know I think most of it was <laughs> secondhand at a meeting. I, I don't know um but I remember having experience where I was like uh, just like suddenly drunk and i was like oh shit what and like i was like cuz i remember i like put my hand in my pocket and i i've told this story before in the show but i i was like what is that and it was like my desire chip my like you know 24 hour coin and i was like oh i'm fu- i'm drunk right now like i'm drinking i'm drinking wine and i always think about that um in terms of like drinking again after having heard this stuff um mm-hmm. uh, like you were just saying because it's y- you can see it happening and it does ruin it for you and i mean i drank for like another 17 years after that or 15 years or whatever um but, but can you hear the dog? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you heard him that time. <laughs> yeah. Jingle jingle. Well, a podcast greater than yourself would not be what it is without my squeaky chair, <laughs> so <laughs> the dog the dog the dog just adds ambiance but having an experience like as a teenager where i'm like i'm like oh shit i said i wasn't going to drink anymore and like i meant it i was like i i'm and i had done that several times before then but this was the first time where i had like gone to this like gross fucking you know like clubhouse full of all these like old dudes and, like, you know, bummed, like, a Benson and Hedges cigarette off somebody and asked them to be my sponsor and and, like, got a call list and, like, called people and got no responses and, you know, like, had a book, you know, like, all this stuff. And I was just, like, mindlessly, thoughtlessly, suddenly drunk. And the second piece of that is that when I realized it, when I when I realized, like, I kind of snapped to, and I was like, oh, shit, I wasn't supposed to be doing this, I was, like, halfway through, like, a coffee mug of, like, shitty wine that we had, like, dug out of, like, the garage closet, which I only mentioned to say that, like, I didn't start there. I didn't start on that. So at some point, I started with some kind of alcoholic beverage that I wanted. Mm-hmm that I was like, oh, this is good stuff. And I was able to see, oh, the physical thing took me mm-hmm. to the five-year-old dusty bottle of wine that's already open in the garage, and now I'm here <laughs> drinking that. Mm-hmm. And I got to see mental, physical, like, all of it right then, and it was fucking scary. It was it was crazy.
2: But you're just on the ride at that point, huh? Like right. I mean, you can't do anything. You're just kind of trapped in that experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, and then literally hundreds more after
2: that, but... You're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. I'm going to ride this off for another 17 years
1: or so. That that. I don't know. I think I got another 17. <laughs> Feeling pretty good. I think I can do a solid 17, Andy. <laughs> uh, okay. 12 questions with our esteemed guest, Claus. Thank you. Question one.
2: Question one. Has your conception of a higher power changed since you started the steps?
0: Yes. Very much. Day to day. I, well, definitely since I started the steps, since I started the steps, all I was thinking about was me. So all I could think about of God was that I didn't want to, that I didn't want to deal with God or God was punishing or... Punishing and, I don't know, ruthless and all the all the things, all the things. And then over time, what I learned early on that was actually really helpful was to add the O in God. So like, I can discern what good is. I can discern what good is not, like what not to do more easily than I can decide what's good. And so I started from a place there and now my perception of God and it will continue to change is just what is love. Like it doesn't have to be God. It could be the universe, whatever, whatever it is. Like it just is just love to me. Um, and so I think about myself less. (laughs) Still a lot.
2: yeah.
1: Love it. Uh, (laughs) Uh Oh, No, I lo- I love this one, but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, better Hang, Russell Brand or Holly Whitaker?
0: Uh, I uh, I love forgetting Sarah Marshall, despite Russell Brand's great transgression. Movie. Great movie. So I think I'll just go with Russell Brand. Yeah, <laughs> it's just got to be that way. Yeah. I was.
1: My life, I was but not shocked. The yeah, I was shocked. The the person we sat with last night went the other direction. I was like, <laughs> I didn't think it was ever gonna happen. I, but it was like only because of how horrible Russell Brand is. Well, and
2: how confusing the question ended up being. So.
1: I don't know. You got the question. You understood it, right? Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. Better hang, hang out with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better hang. yeah got it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> better bang, different. Yeah. Ho- Holly Whitaker, tough hang. <laughs> tough hang, dude. <laughs> tough
2: hang. That's kind of a weird way to ask that question, though. You know, that like, especially because the first one is like a man, so I'm like, better hang, huh? Uh, no, and then it's the charming. second one's a female, so
1: now I'm confused. It's charming. I'm charming. Okay. I'm doing charming. <laughs> oh, I,
2: okay. Noted. <laughs> Noted. All right. Besides the Big Book, are there any other spiritual books or media that have been really impactful for you in your recovery?
0: Mm. Um, the Big Book, the Big Book is where. it's such a hard question well the answer is yes i don't know if it's really for my recovery it's for my own personal interests in psychology and kind of spirituality in general but the big book i don't the training that i've received in the steps it just it's impossible for me to live my life Mm -hmm. like with the with the mindset i did before i did the steps Mm -hmm. so that is a really big exclamation point on like just how important the big book is, mm-hmm. and then I've kind of dabbled in other interests, podcasts, Ram Dass, kind of spiritual things that mean a lot to me, but they're not what I base my sobriety on.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm like, are all all of yours gonna be like legit spiritual shit, and then I'm gonna be like, better hang. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather die in a barn or? (laughs) Uh, Worst death, barn or shed? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jumping out the window, sash and all, or waiting to die in a barn? Uh, Lighting a mattress on fire while (laughs) you're in it, or. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um. Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm like, how many other ways do people die in the big book? Uh, okay. Which step has been most rewarding for you?
0: Um, Step steps nine, Step 9 or 12. I think step, well, step 9 is where I had, like, a very good like a remarkable spiritual experience at a Right Aid. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll give it step nine. It was very <laughs> rewarding, uh, but but then step twelve is like is is right there. Is also right there because taking people through and watching people have the experience that is described by Dr. Silkworth and the people he experience
2: experience that with mm-hmm. both. Yeah. So my next question is actually.
1: <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> What'd you do to write No, your in? question. No, no, no.
2: <laughs> your, your question was about her experience with the step. But is gotcha. your it, does the answer change if I asked you what was like? What's your favorite one to take others through?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I just so rarely get to nine and twelve with people that I think <laughs> step one is the other one. It's,
1: like, it's just a numbers game at this so it's point. Got to be a
2: one through a three, yeah. right?
0: Just <laughs> I definitely have the most experience in step one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh would you rather rid the world mm. of slogan slingers or sober <laughs> influencers? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I would are do you count as a sober influencer, John? <laughs>
1: I hope not. I haven't even posted. I I go like months without posting anything on Instagram, so probably not. And even then when I do, I'm just making fun of other people who make recovery memes, so I don't think so.
0: I would have to say slogan slingers. I hate a slogan. I don't like them. They're not helpful. I don't like it.
1: Love to hear it.
2: Alright, name a chapter you'd like to see written into the 5th edition Mm.
1: That's a fun question
0: Name a chapter I'd like to see written into the 5th edition The
2: title of a chapter
0: Sober is
2: sexy. That's yes. I, mean. <laughs> I hope we can make it happen. It might not be too late. I can see
1: it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting why you chose to kill slogan slingers instead of sober influencers now. That would be a whole <laughs> chapter by and for sober influencers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, can we have a chapter called hashtag sober warrior AF? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... Clubhouse or church basement?
0: Church basement.
1: Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. Hardcore. I mean, people are just so uncomfortable being there already. (laughs) It's just (laughs) hilarity ensues. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Love it. So much joy. Was that my third question? Uh, Right? Was that three for me? I have
2: two more. And I started.
1: Oh, no, that was my fourth. Okay. Okay, go ahead
2: when you are talking to a new person what's the most important thing you can find out about them Mm. Um, what their experience
0: has been in recovery so far like what's their familiarity with aa and then right under that what's their experience i mean yeah i'm curious to know what their experience with like a perception of God is at this point. Like if they have the book tells us to kind of behave differently. If somebody has a lot of experience in religion versus some contempt. So, um, but yeah, I really am curious to know if they've done AA before what their like preconceived notions might be and try to gear them right towards the book, you know, instead. That's great.
1: Uh, if your life before recovery were a movie, what would it be called?
0: <laughs> um blow. It would be Carl called...
1: <laughs> That's better than what Sorry, I was thinking I just like, fucking <laughs> cut you off at the knees There Maybe bathroom blow would be More
0: appropriate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: And I would see
1: it Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Blow blow to, colon, <laughs> meet me in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I did a meme on that. It was like one of those Goosebumps books, but it was this guy, and I photoshopped. he was like this psycho guy. I photoshopped the chainsaw out of his hands and, and photoshopped a big key into his arms, and it's like a giant pile of coke at his feet, and instead of Goosebumps, it said Key Bumps. <laughs> got, like, four likes. <laughs> but
0: you were... You, I think it was deserving of more than that.
1: I, yeah. lo- I mean, I, I love the ones that I put all this time into the... It's, <laughs> like, guaranteed to get no likes at all. <laughs> <laughs> and, then I, and then I put up a circle triangle that says Jim Tan Laundry, and it's, like, 500 yeah. likes! <laughs> like, okay. <sighs> Ew.
2: Oh, right. Um... Oh, my goodness. Okay, so if I am doing service work, like chairing meetings and making coffee for the meetings, do I still have to sponsor people?
0: If you want to stop drinking long term. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it depends on what you're after. We're assuming the reader's desire to stop drinking. <laughs>
1: There's a condition here. <laughs> I love that answer.
0: It is... It's sad how common it is. That's, I mean, it just sucks really to hear to, how common it is to be like, I was making, I was coming early, I was doing chairs, all these mm-hmm. things, and I don't know why I re- relapsed. And so uh, we really do people, not we, but the greater, staying out of the book really is harmful. And you see it in meetings all the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. Very true. Um, I think that's the most common thing I hear from someone who's like thinks they've done AA you know what I mean it's the whole like yeah man I I worked a great program you know and it's just like oh man they just they say all the things that you just said and it's just like I'm sorry how do I say in a nice way you just described none of the program you know it's just like (laughs) brother been there okay Uh, ending with a fun one When's the last time you did a 10-step?
0: Um, maybe within the past week, which is not as often as I should. However, oh, like, said a 10-step or wrote it? Because I never share them. I just wrote it. Whatever. Within the past week.
1: Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do the bonus question.
2: Oh, yeah. Bonus question. How would you define the term old-timer?
0: It's, uh, I would define an old-timer as somebody who says something like, if, this happened in a meeting the other day, so they said... Like, they ask people to do birthdays, which I perceive to mean, like, if it's past, you know. But then he he was like, in it, God forbid, or what did they say? If I'm so lucky to not drink, yeah, mm-hmm. for the next 14, if I make it the next 14 days, that's what it is, then I will have X amount of years on the 14th or something, and that kind of thing is old timery. But they can be old or not old, but it's like plug in the jug. It doesn't it's like yeah, it's their it's more of a that's a sickness of it's the mind. Mindset. Yeah.
2: So you can be very young and and still be an old timer. Yeah.
0: You can be young and still be an old timer. Yeah. That's
1: how <laughs> I it's Am a I coming up as aspirational? Man. No, I, I love it when you said uh, It's real uh, It's like your lips started forming a B And I was like, say boomer shit Say boomer shit It's real boomer shit yeah. <laughs> oh, I, <was> thinking. <laughs> yes, I knew it I, I was like, I'm reading your thoughts right now I know it Boomer. Yeah. <laughs> it was in my brain and my heart, but it not, yeah, not to say it loud. Excellent. It's perfect. Well, awesome. What a what a great note on to a note to end on rather to so just loving. Crap on the greatest generation. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, boomers. Thank you for everything. <laughs> Thanks for this. <laughs> Thanks for this. <laughs> Well, Claus, that was fantastic. It's an absolute joy and pleasure to see you again.
0: You too. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me get to share my story while getting to be, you know, the center of attention. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: So you like the uh, shrine we made for you?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is lovely. It's different.
1: This is awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Thank y'all. Talk soon. Love you guys both.
2: See you later.
0: Been a podcast greater
1: than yourself. A podcast greater than yourself was created by recovered alcoholics. All involved in the creation of this podcast are active members of Alcoholics Anonymous who wish to carry the message of our own recovery to those who still suffer. We do not claim to represent Alcoholics Anonymous. All comments are from our own experiences as alcoholics have recovered by following the directions for the 12 steps found in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. Thanks for listening.